Listener Production. Figures showing a resilient US consumer drive US stocks lower. And Aussie shares are expected to open lower on Wednesday, ahead of the Reserve Bank of New Zealand's interest rate decision. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Wednesday, the 16th of August. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, when you reflect on the last time that we were sitting in this position having a chat, a lot of water has passed under the bridge. If you had a highlight? It's definitely got to be the US retail spending data, Tom. Extraordinarily strong last night. We saw retail- That was blistering, wasn't it? It was out of this world. For an economy that's got a terminal cash rate at the moment in excess of 5%, where we have seen 11 interest rate increases since last year and 525 basis points worth of rate hikes, to continue spending at that clip is nothing short of extraordinary. So what Ryan is reflecting on is the July retail sales numbers. They came in up by 0.7 of a percent for the month. So, gee, they didn't really have their pencil sharpened, the economists, did they? The consensus figure for that, the average economist expectations was for a rise of 0.4 of a percent. So that's what sort of had some jaws rather slackened in looking at those numbers and taking a bit of air, I would have thought. Well, we got the numbers wrong, us economists, <laughs> and what we did see overnight was a significant jump, 0.7% in July. That was boosted by a 1.9% increase in spending at online retailers, remembering we had another Amazon Prime Day, so that certainly boosted the numbers in particular. Sporting goods increased by 1.5%, and spending at food service and drinking places rose 1.4%. So The report really adds to the narrative that the US economy may be able to avoid a much predicted recession brought on by those interest rate hikes to control inflation. And consumers are continuing to use credit cards. Balances have exceeded $1 trillion for the first time in the second quarter of 2023. So consumers with unemployment at near 50-year lows of 3.5% are continuing to spend. And that may unnerve the US Federal Reserve, who is trying to rein in that demand pulse, Tom. Indeed. So I suppose it's not just about what happened in July. This was the fourth consecutive monthly increase that we have seen. And the month before the prior one, we saw a pretty decent increase as well. In fact, that was 0.7 of a percent. To your point, 11 rate hikes, mate, that is a very strong consumer. Maybe they were all kidding themselves out for the trip to Australia with all their jerseys and um, sporting paraphernalia, given the fact that the sporting goods outcome was so strong. Perhaps, yes, a lot of Nike jerseys sold. And <laughs> of course, the Americans did run an ad campaign suggesting that they were unbeatable before the World Cup, but unfortunately, they were eliminated by Sweden. And it's that quality that we love most about the Americans is their humility. So the um, other important outcome to consider, Ryan, within all of this is that, again, what we often talk about is, yes, It's lovely to have the data in terms of the statistician's view of the world. But then you look at Home Depot with their earnings numbers, and these figures were better than what the market had anticipated. So it's lining up in the real world uh, quite firmly. Not that you needed to have that reinforced, but Home Depot shares did quite well by virtue of the result being not as bad as what the market had anticipated. But particularly, you you look at the Earnings per share estimate, for example, that was at 465. Uh, the market was looking for something like 446. So, of course, that's one of the key measures that Americans use when they analyze company results is the earnings per share outcome. The revenue number came in at 43 billion. That was down 2% compared to the same time last year. Again, 
that was ahead of the market's expectations by a decent margin. They were looking for something closer to 42 and a quarter billion. Well, on a day where the US share market was down well over a percent and Home Depot shares rose by 0.6%, it was quite the outperformance. And it suggests that US home improvement spending is performing slightly better than expected following an unprecedented boom during the pandemic. What I try to do is get the headline numbers out of the way early, but I was so excited about some of the things that we're going to talk about. I forgot to mention- You jumped the gun. So so, so, when you reflect on what happened in the Northern Hemisphere, the broad trend was for stock indices to move lower, uh, hitting multi-week or multi-month lows in some instances. Uh, The Dow Jones finished down by a percent. The S&P 500 was down by 1.2%, and the NASDAQ fell by 1.1%. Uh, Two-year Treasury notes were uh, slightly lower in yield at 4.95% and a 10-year Treasury note slightly firmer. It was up by three basis points to 4.22%. So under the circumstances, you think, oh, that's not much of a move higher for uh, the interest rate markets, but they're bumping up against the ceiling of their recent ranges. So in the case of a 10-year Treasury note, it's at its highest level in yield terms this year so far. Yeah, we saw the 10-year actually hit a 10-month high of 4.274% to be precise, Tom, (laughs) and it was up three basis points to 4.21 at the US close. And really, that's on the back of that strength in US retail spending. That was reflected in the weaker performance of the US share market. There's expectations now that interest rates will remain higher for longer. And we did hear from Minneapolis Federal Reserve President Neil Kashkari who said, I'm not ready to say that we're done raising interest rates. So that really did fly in the ointment for bond markets overnight, although the moves were fairly tame considering some of the economic data that we did see, not only in the US, but also abroad in China. Yeah. So I think to that point, the ranges for bond yields are being tested on the upside. And for the moment, they're not well, last night at least, they weren't prepared to break through that range in a meaningful way. So That's the sort of thing that we pay close attention to in succeeding sessions is that you look closely to see whether or not those ranges are are extended and, in in fact, new ranges established. So let's quickly reflect on what happened in Europe because that was important for two particular reasons. First, that you saw the carry-on sentiment from the weaker economic news that we saw in China yesterday. And then there was also a considerable taint from the much stronger than expected UK wages outcome. Like we were blown away by US retail sales numbers. There were English people who were speechless by virtue of those wages uh, outcomes, Ryan. Well, we could only wish that we had wages growth of 7.8% in Australia at the moment. Obviously, we got our wages numbers yesterday, which underwhelmed at 3.6% year on year in the June quarter. But we did see basic earnings lift by 7.8% in the three months to June compared with a year ago. That's the strongest dating back to 2001 when records began. So wages growth remains incredibly strong in the United Kingdom. And of course, on the back of that, we saw expectations that the Bank of England would hike further lift. So the Bank of England's Monetary Policy Committee could lift rates one more time, perhaps to 5.5%, which is broadly in line with the United States. But markets are now seeing a roughly 55% chance the Bank of England will get to 6% by 2024. Well, that was the big conversation, wasn't it? It was the the terminal rate potentially being 6%. And again, kind of interesting that the 
guilt market didn't necessarily reflect that. You had, I think, uh, two-year guilts, or well, they're the equivalent of government bonds, of course, up five basis points to 4.08%, a 10-year guilt up by two points to 4.58%. You would have thought on the strength of those numbers that they would have been closing at least uh, a lot higher than what they did. You would have thought so, and the UK FTSE 100 index was the worst performer. It was down 1.6% on the back of those concerns around inflation and interest rates. Another country which stood out in Europe overnight was Sweden. Its annual pace of inflation held steady at 9.3% in July. That was expected by economists, but once again, still a very high rate of inflation, meaning that the Swedish central bank will have something to do, and Stockholm stocks, not a country we talk about too frequently, it was down 1%. So just reflecting on the fortunes of the remaining leading indices apart from the Stockholm market, the French market down 1.1%, the German market down 0.9% and the broader measure of European stock performance down 0.9%. But the composition, Ryan, of the broader European market, what stood out there was the underperformance of material stocks. So we had Glencourt down 3.5%, Rio down 1.3%, BASF, a leading industrial organisation in Europe, down 1.5%. And that was a reflection of that weaker pulse of news that we saw out of China yesterday, which was much topic of focus for regional and local investors. Well, China exposed mining stocks in Europe, lost 1.5%. They hit a two-year low intraday. We did see base metal prices fall after data showed Chinese retail sales, industrial output, and investment growing at a slower than expected pace in the month of July. So really, we are- It was the quantum of the miss as well. These weren't small misses, and it sort of makes you wonder what is- capable of being delivered by the Chinese economy in the second half of the year. It's going to be at least a matter of trying to consolidate on a pretty weak picture rather than actually being able to deliver any sort of material improvement. What we saw yesterday was one of the key policy rates from the People's Bank of China. That was cut by 15 basis points. Most people don't think that is sufficient (laughs) given where the Chinese economy is at the moment. And we did see retail sales lift by just 2.5% year on year. And that's the slowest growth rate since December 2022. So really what we are seeing there is the consumer very cautious in China at the moment. Unemployment lifted to 5.3%. And then we saw very slow rates of industrial production at 3.7% year on year, down from 4.4% the previous month. Yes. So, I mean, it was almost surprising yesterday that the local market was able to finish higher to the extent that it did under those circumstances. I I would have thought that we would have been pressured far more. Just quickly, you had bank stocks underperform in Europe as a result. Uh, HSBC, unsurprisingly, one of the leading decliners in the broader measure of European stock performance. It was down 3.5%. But European banks also lower. Bank Nationale de Paris down 1.5%. Banco Santander down 0.8% as well. And sentiment was also affected in Europe with the banks by what happened in the United States. So we did see Fitch potentially downgrading some lenders. And we did see big US banks, JP Morgan Chase, Bank of America and Wells Fargo slipping by up to around 3% on the back of that or bigger falls for some of those regional lenders as well. So 
the sentiment in the finance sector overnight in the Northern Hemisphere wasn't particularly good. Indeed. There's a lot more that we could unpack, but we need to economise on time and reflect on the fortunes of what is coming down the pipe for the market today. The SPY futures down by a decent clip, Ryan. They're down by about a percent at the moment. It's going to be a tough open for the local market, isn't it? It is. Hopefully it's the same for England when they play the Matildas tonight. <laughs> We're excited. Well, it's the football ashes and we love beating England, so uh, let's hope that that occurs. But in terms of commodity markets, the energy space in Australia will be under pressure today, Tom. We had the US All Nymex price down by 1.8% to 80.99 US dollars a barrel. Bell Futures fell 0.5% to 1935.20 US dollars an ounce. Iron ore surprisingly rose 0.2% to 104.80 US dollars a tonne. And that was really on the unexpected cut in those key policy rates yesterday by the People's Bank of China. So the commodity space will be under pressure today broadly. The other thing that stands out today is some earnings. We get Babcor, ComputerShare, Dexas, Endeavour Group, Fiducian Group, Fletcher Building, Mervac, Netwell, Seven West, Media, Transurban Vicinity and Yankol. CBA, ComputerShare's Dicadata and ResMed all trade ex-dividends. So that could be a bit of a weight in the market. Now, as far as earnings are concerned, I'll just focus quickly on Transurban. It's obviously a big infrastructure company. It could report proportional EBITDA or earnings that tops 2019's $2 billion record fiscal year. So this is expected to be boosted this time around for 2023 by traffic jumping by 27% in the nine months ended March and a $12 billion investment in fiscal 2022, which will boost profits. So we have seen the M4 to M8 link in Sydney, which opened on the mm, 20th of January this year. So revenue could top consensus estimates of $3.5 billion on those strong traffic numbers. So look out for that one today. Raging inflation is not a problem for a transurban. 68% of its revenue has CPI escalation embedded in its numbers. It's a very good proxy for inflation and the bond market. And a dividend of 31.5 cents for second half was already pre-announced. And just quickly, the Reserve Bank of New Zealand is also today expected to announce no change in interest rates for a second straight meeting. They will probably keep policy restrictive for some time, even as the economy stalls. The official cash rate's at 5.5% across the ditch in New Zealand at the moment. We think that they'll maintain their official cash rate at that level well into 2024 as they try and get inflation into its 1% to 3% target. Indeed. So the Aussie dollar trading at 64.5 US cents, a big day looming for the local market. Uh, Good luck with that. And uh, we can't wait to talk to you tomorrow morning. Go the Tillies. Go the Tillies. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.